Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This summer, in fact, just up until Friday morning, I interned as a chaplain at a hospital in northern New England. In this setting, I learned how to accompany people during times of distress. I learned how to be witness to people in pain, in discomfort, in uncertainty. My days were full of entering hospital rooms and engaging in conversation with people to see how they were managing with an experience anywhere on a spectrum of minor inconvenience to life-changing event. There was a lot to hold during these visits with people I did not know just moments before. Besides a name and some basic demographic data, I did not know who I was going to encounter. I did not know what truly made up the person or people on the other side of a door. And each day felt like balancing the beauty of the individual in front of me and the contrasting human-made systems that surrounded us. Systems that endlessly seemed to be designed to work for itself and not for the humans within it. And that hurt. And it hurt to understand more and be so consistently reminded of the pain created by systems. Systems that can use labels like health and care. It hurt because around me, the people seemed to care so, so deeply, but our systems seemed so able to neutralize our efforts. Yet as my time went on as a chaplain intern, I came to appreciate an aspect of the work that I truly did not expect. And this was speaking with people in the hospital who hold entirely wildly different views than I do. With a badge that boldly stated spiritual care underneath my name, the difference was often about religion or faith and how we make meaning. And there is one person from this summer that sticks out to me. When I entered his room, he was sitting in one of those well-padded lounge chairs, his legs extended out in front of him, the hospital gown he was wearing situated neatly around his upper body, a blanket covered his lap, and the tray table was pulled up over him. I 
do not recall why he was in the hospital, but he was there and I was there as well. And he was so excited when I came into his room and announced that I was from the spiritual care department. His face lit up, a smile appeared. Oh, he exclaimed, spiritual care. Now I should let you know, this was not a common experience. Vermont is one of the least religious states in the country and telling someone you are from spiritual care was usually greeted with a confused look. Now, as a UU, a confused look seems to me spiritual. But trust me that the confusion I generally saw was not what I would describe as spiritual. Yet this guy, he was not confused. He was excited. And he began to share some details about the network of support he had within his religious community. And this involved a lot of prayer. So I mentioned how important having support is. And I mentioned how glad I was to hear how much support he had. And then there was a shift. After this initial excitement, he got curious. He got curious and asked me who I was and specifically, what religion am I? And so I responded, I am a Unitarian Universalist. And his response, his response was, so what does a Unitarian believe? And well, isn't that a great question? What does a Unitarian believe? I didn't correct him and say, actually, it's Unitarian Universalist. It is two denominations that joined together in 1961, and respecting both of those traditions is very important in my eyes. No, I didn't say that because I didn't want to confuse him more. <laughs> I let that slide. And now we're going to take a pause in this story here because I want to move us from my perspective to just outside of it so we can see both people in this dynamic. But more than seeing both people, let's focus on the space between them, a space being co-created. Very much alive in this moment in the early, is the early construction of the third component. This is a concept Howard Thurman preached on in 1958 at Marsh Chapel, about two miles west of here on Com Ave. And Thurman offered that the space between this third component is what exists in between me and you. It exists in between two or more people, two or more groups. The third component is the spirit of life, of existence in the space between. As I understand it, the third component is inherently neutral, and its neutrality shifts into a long and wide spectrum of emotions, labels, judgment, appreciations. Ever-changing, this third component is, 
ever-changing, just like you, just like me, just like existence all around us. Now, of course, there's this why to this change. Why does the third component shift from an inherent neutrality to something more positive or negative, more known or unknown? And part of this reason, the part that I can comprehend, is that we place into the third component part of ourselves. We construct the third component from the resources we have within. We co-create with a knowledge internal to ourselves and place it, some of it, outside of ourselves. This co-creation of the space between can appear in all manners of ways. This can mean offering vulnerability, like when I share an honest response to how are you today with a close friend. This can mean embracing a bias, like when I assume how I might be perceived by those around me. This can mean holding back my thoughts so as not to even go near conflict with another person. Co-creating the space between can also be incredibly lovely and sweet and innocent. Like when the barista notice you, notices you coming into a coffee shop and makes your usual order before you even get to the counter. Co-creating the third component, this space between, is so incredibly expansive of a topic, but at the core of this co-creating is knowing how you are doing this, knowing what action or inaction you are taking with another person. The third component is not one-sided. The requirement of co-creation signifies the communal nature of it. And I believe paying attention to the third component, this space between is one way to address loneliness and isolation, which the Surgeon General has declared an epidemic in this country. The intention we can bring to the space between is vital to bridging disconnection. But disconnection can be a thick wall to build a bridge through. This is especially true when we only bring intention and practice to the third component with those people we agree with. If we already know we have a connection, the space between is easy to balance. Co-creating with someone we don't know, now that, that takes work. And if you're like me, we can easily put up barriers when engaging with people we don't know. And we do this, I think, because we don't know if it is safe. I do this because I'm not sure bringing my queer self into a conversation with another person will be safe. But what I found, especially this summer as a chaplain intern, is that being known by another is not a unique concern. We as a society seem to bring intention to co-creating barriers, more intention to co-creating barriers than co-creating a bridge and that space between. We do bring intention to the third component, but it's an intention to co-create something of disconnect 
instead of a loving kindness that bridges. Our world is getting ever more siloed, and we need to break out of those barriers we impose on ourselves. The singer Brandi Carlisle has a phrase in one of her songs. The song is Broken Horses, and the line is tethered in wide open spaces. Tethered in wide open spaces. This is the image that I see when it comes to loneliness in our society. We tether ourselves so resolutely with so much certainty that sometimes there are incredibly wide open spaces we do not explore. Looking at the Unitarian Universalist denomination, for example, we might tether ourselves so much to the concept that ours is a non-creedal religion that we might feel it impossible, as I've sometimes experienced as a chaplain in a hospital room, to say, this is what I believe. We might be tethered to a concept of religion, for example, and we'll redefine our denomination to keep it separate from other religions. And we might be tethered to a concept of prayer in which we do not engage with prayer because we think it might suggest negating our human agency. My friends, we are tethered in wide open spaces. And I wonder how we might find a way to untie some convictions and reposition our relationships so that the space between is accessible. And now let us get back to the man in the hospital who asked me, what does a Unitarian believe? I must admit, I gave a very vague answer. And this vague answer was thoroughly and delightfully analyzed and processed by my cohort of chaplain interns. And for this, I am grateful. Because sharing the experience with my colleagues meant I got to rethink how I would answer that question. And this is how I would do it. First, I would say that not all Unitarian Universalists believe the same thing. There's no creed. So what I can share in this moment is just what I believe. And perhaps this would be helpful. Perhaps this would create connection. And I tell him that I believe deeply, oh, so deeply, in an interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. And what this means to me is that our relationships matter. Our relationships with each other, our relationships with ourselves, our relationships with everything. These all matter. And it's how we tend to these relationships where we either find meaning or place meaning. And for me, this meaning is the third component, that sacred space between us made up of what is within us. And we get to co-create this third component. We get to co-create it endlessly. In fact, from my view, all of existence is balancing third components amongst all of the rest of existence. We are interdependent. 
this interdependence is where I can most assuredly point to and recognize the spirit of life at play. So thank you for co-creating with me today. And now for a benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart and namaste. I bow to the divine in you. When we bring intention to the space between us, we bring intention to what we co-create. This is the work of a justice-loving people, the work of sharing ourselves, of sharing love. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.